Alright, we rolling. Recording is on. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another edition of the Geeky Bros Podcast. I'm your boy Tactics. Yo, it's your boy Darcy, and my camera is dark as all hell right now. One sec. There we go. <laughs> and this is Big Geek Umar. Hello all. Yo, you sound a little under the weather there, bud. <laughs> Uh, yes, I, I, I caught a mild chill, so therefore I have an old-fashioned cold. Uh, so uh, thankfully, at, at present, no COVID. But yeah, what, you know, it's uh, it's funny that we feel nostalgic towards colds now. Mm. I'm also making sure to stay on this side of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case. 100%. All right, so uh, Umar, what's on the agenda for today, sir? Uh, today we're we're basically doing one topic, but multiple. We're going to be looking at it from multiple angles, and the topic is empathetic masculine leads or heroes uh, in pop culture. And uh, this was because I was watching this uh, character analysis from a pop culture detective on YouTube, and he did something called the Fantastic Masculinity of Newt Scamander. For those who don't know, Newt Scamander is from the Fantastic Beast movies, like the like their prequels to the Harry Potter movies. And so um, he kind of really got to really liking the main character, Newt Scamander, who's this like like borderline autistic individual who like he's really quiet he has a hard time connecting with people but like he has a tremendous amount of empathy a tremendous amount of kindness and uh he's just like a really sweet person who also happens to be a fully realized wizard he's not like going to through training or anything like that and uh yeah so um I found the analysis by Pop Culture Detective to be quite interesting. The fact that he was saying this is a very new style of male leads in film, and I kind of wanted to see. Like, have either of you watched the uh, the Fantastic Beasts movies? No. Yes. <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> Hell no. No, I actually have watched it, bro. Oh. <laughs> no, no I, and I actually haven't. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so yeah, like uh, Darcy, what, like, what were you? What was your first impressions of Newt Scamander in the, in, in the movie? Like, what, did you ever pick up on these sorts of aspects, or was that like you were just? What a name. <sighs> I know. Yeah. For, every time you say Newt Scamander, all I can think of is like the Scamander sounds like a commander, and I'm like, he's not a commander. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like it's not his personality. Um, I think that like, you know, when I watched it, I feel like I had me like I feel like I I was maybe less woke at the time to the to 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 these. Um, I'm not saying I'm not aware of the topics, but maybe not paying as much attention in watching like a film, right? Like in life, I would feel like I'd be more aware at the time. How old is the film, by the way? Like two, three years? Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, like, let me just uh, check that out. But I feel like what 2016. Yeah, even more. Um, and so I feel like when I watched it, you know, maybe I had some feelings where I was like. You know he's different than, than than what I anticipate, but I feel like more I was comparing it to the Harry Potter franchise more than less about him being masculine because I was you know going in anticipating more Harry Potter esque stuff. I agree. But at the beginning is what I'm referring to. But as it progressed, I really enjoyed his character. Like I enjoyed the film, though I haven't seen the follow up because I heard it was just not good, and then I just didn't go get around to watching it. But um, <laughs> the um, the uh, the I, I enjoyed the character. I liked. And I'm kind of maybe somewhat guided by the the the, the video that you sent, but um, I enjoyed aspects of like when they were talking about um, he was making the, the comment of you know that there's no marriage or dating or whatever between like non-magical and magical people, and his like disgust for it and the way that he said it, but like he said it still in like in like a clear but not like he wasn't an a-hole when he said it kind of yeah, way. He, he was like, uh, they seem like backwards uh, opinions. Uh, and like, he just like left it at that. He wasn't like, you're, you're an asshole or you're a racist or anything like that. Yeah. Like if you believe in these norms, like you're not wrong, but he's calling it out like in a way where like, maybe you've never heard anyone call this out, but it's, it's backwards. And 
I liked when he did that because one, it felt real in the way that he delivered it because he's a great actor, but it's also like, you know, it parallels with a lot of problems in our, in our society. Yeah. And so when I think when, when I saw that and I, I liked those aspects of him and in, I guess, I don't think I was consciously aware, but I really did like his empathy and how much it was about, you know, it was just like a different kind of way of telling a story and it felt different. Yeah, so, so one of the things I also want to bring up is like identifying the traits of like like the opposing side. Like we're we've been mostly talking about like the empathetic aspect of Newt's commander, but what I really really liked about um, the the video that um, pop culture detective uh, released is like he also identified not so much like inherently toxic masculinity in all the other like in literally all films, but like he basically went like the the typical hero. The typical masculine uh, hero, and like I, I wrote down some of them. It's like they're autonomous and brazen. Uh, they're physically strong, or if they're not physically strong, then they're witty and charismatic. And like witty and charismatic is like uh, Star Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, yeah, he can he can hold his own in a fight, but that, that's not what he's known for. He's more as the quip guy, uh, that sort of thing. Also, one of the main thing is all these uh, the typical male they hide their vulnerability. They like they they're they're like exceptions when they show humility and sensitivity. It's not their defining characteristic as as it was for Newt. Like sensitivity and humility is kind of like he's he's kind of like withdrawn. At the same time, he's not like in your face. But all the other like macho heroes of our uh, time, like they're always like in people's faces and they're like they're always like ar- like argumentative. And we as audience have been kind of conditioned to be more easily forgiving of their aggression and their arrogance. And that's why like when they go into humility and sensitivity, we note that and we're like, oh, you know, that's really good of them to, uh, that they like they were able to find that in themselves. And uh, also one of the uh, like an, an opposing ter- characteristic is that like most of these male heroes, even if they are like nice people or something like that, they have destiny thrust upon them. And they're plagued within their place in the world. So uh, that's like kind of like the typical male stuff that Pop Detective uh, mm-hmm. kind of brought up. And I found that to be very fascinating because that kind of encapsulates literally every male from all the genres. Uh, like, do you guys agree with that, or like, are there other aspects that you think uh, should have been identified? Hmm. You know, I, I, when you're t- saying it, I kept looking at the at the Batman on your shirt and as well here, and I was thinking about Destiny Thrust Upon, and I was like, yeah, and there's yeah. Superman there, and like Destiny Thrust Upon, I'm like, mm. even, even Wonder Woman too, like, um, yeah. Well, you could argue that with Batman, was that really Destiny, or was that yes. him kind of was that him kind of taking? I mean, that was a choice. A tra- yeah, a... that was a tragedy. You're right. Like, that yeah, was a yeah, it's fair. It's fair. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair argument. More, more probably more Superman than anything. Destiny yeah. was definitely thrust upon him. He was sent in a capsule and sent across sure. a galaxy, and then it's like you're going to be the like the savior to yeah. a bunch of people that you don't even know. And guess what? You're like uh, three months old. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, so 100 percent that definitely falls in line. Um, Though I'm actually kind of curious, do you think that Superman has that 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 um, uh, destiny thrust upon him? But do you think that Superman would represents toxic masculinity, or does he actually have a lot more empathetic in a good storytelling of him? Like, let's not take into account all the bad var- variations. Because I feel like like there's a there's a, the comic strip where he sits with the guy who wants to commit suicide. Exactly. And he, he he has the whole long conversation. Like he, I don't remember how long he was there with them, but it was like like the, the like the sun went down kind of a deal. Yeah. And I feel like even though Superman has the typical tropes, because he's the you know all American boy, so he has to have all these tropes. I think that one thing that I appreciate in his character is that they intertwined empathy. It was kind of like what we're discussing. <laughs> in last week where we were saying that like Captain America now is kind of what Superman like Christopher Reeves Superman was in the past like he, mm-hmm. he's the the Boy Scout like the true Boy Scout but it's interesting you say that because like the comics of Superman they would show more the empathetic side to him as like a side story 
but he's also like the new 52 kind of ruined all that like new 52 made superman into like an asshole uh yeah. where, like, even like people were not they really him. caked in the toxic masculinity into him yeah. like so much so that a lot of men weren't even liking it because it was like like it's so one trick ponied I remember, like, there was this uh, one panel where people were. I, I probably mentioned this in the past. Like, uh, like soldiers were dying because, like, their plane was going down, uh, and like, uh, I think it was Green Lantern, uh, n- like, noted that to Superman. I was like, "Go, go get him!" And he's like, "No, no, they knew what they were getting themselves into." And like, he continued the the fight. And I was just like, "That is not Superman." It's kind of not- like it's kind of like Highlander from the Boys. Yeah. You mean Homelander? Homelander, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I was Power. like Highlander. There can only be one. <laughs> but but um, yeah, I, I think to to that point, um, I think what works really well with Superman in that regard, uh, in terms of how endearing he is and how empathetic he is, is that because of like his godlike persona and as like his his characteristic in terms of or like his just his powers right like he's pretty much op right so you'd almost expect like if someone were to just like describe this being as like superman basically listing all of his abilities in your head you might almost imagine like like the male the masculine toxic like the toxic masculinity character like from like uh like what we got in the new 52 that that's who i would naturally envision but then you get this person who's like you know the complete opposite of that where he's got all these powers but yet he's so compassionate and so empathetic and he's very humble uh, he's very humble and very mindful of his powers knowing that like at any point in time like you know like if he's not careful he could wreak havoc on the entire world and, and things like that right so that's kind of what makes him such a great character in that regard and then 50 the new 52 kind of shat on that and kind of made, brought to light what we had expected and it lost that element of oh like i'm not surprised but i'm disappointed by the fact that we have you're, you're basically catering to what i would have originally thought this person would be rather than surprising me with a different personality that doesn't quite fit with the powers that he possesses. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, let, me, let me throw out a point or a, a, a theory, which is, do you think that like the guys when they're deciding on how to rewrite that character um, played off of, you know, there's like this with the, the good Superman, right? There's always this, this statement of like, well, the thing that sucks about Superman is that he can never really let loose. So he he always has to hold back, right? And then you get a few good at like good movies, right? He like or, or shows, and he fights like you know um, uh, Dark Side, and it's like yeah, yeah it finally gets to let loose. And he, that one scene is like, I, yeah, I finally get to like you know go all out, right? I never I don't have to hold back, and that's dope. But do you think that they like wanted to adjust his character because they wanted him to be less having to hold back because of a complaint, and they just baked in the toxicness to get there. I think uh, what may have happened is the fact that like uh, like a bunch of people who became comic book writers were probably grew up with the Superman that like we're just discussing, but like now they're they're at the helm and they're like, yo man, if we're like a refranchise and everything, why don't we just make Superman into someone that we wanted him to be? Like he's a badass, like super like like a Batman, but like in Superman uh, form. And I, I think that didn't work out because, like, for me, just before the New Fifty Two happened, there was a, the Superman comic that came out that had Jim Lee, the guy who drew uh, this, he he drew for Superman, and it was a it was an okay story, but like they had him talking to a priest, like he uh, his a bunch of Metropolitan people disappeared, including his wife, and he just he didn't know what to do, so he was talking to a priest, and I remember in in like one of the issues, he flies down. Uh, like, because the priest is sitting by like by water, and he flies down and like kind of just like floats right to him, and then stands right next to him. And he was like, you know, to be honest, like the priest says to Superman, is like, to be honest, I expected you to walk on water towards me. And Superman was like, that is an uh, an offensive uh, insult. Sorry, that's an insult to your faith that I would never ever do. I would not make your belief into a joke. And I was like, yo. That's what I'm talking about. That's yeah. for me. Like the fact that he 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 cared enough. Like kind of what you were saying, tactics. Like he knows how much power he has, and he he is trying to find the humble. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, you know, I'm going to make a reference here from a movie that you guys are like not the fan of, but I like the scene in Man of Steel when he goes to the to the I think it's a priest. I think it's Catholic church he goes to. Oh, yeah. Uh, And he was asking about like having faith in the way that I forget the exact dialogue, but the priest was kind of making it back to him like you know, something to the fact whether it's faith or trust was the word, but like you have to like, I think it's, you have to have faith in others for them to have faith in you or something like that. And, you know, like that, that kind of humility that was brought in and that scene, I, 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 I really enjoyed. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a good thing about him, but it's yeah. not always good. Yeah. So, okay. Now that we've, like, I, like we've identified like the empathetic uh, characteristics. Like uh, you know, they are people who try to de-escalate situ- uh, situations as opposed to like rise to the challenge of it. Uh, that they have like human connections and char- like, but like subtle character de- uh, developments. That it's like they've already they're already formed. They don't need to make grand like changes to their personalities as they go through. I was watching Demon Slayer, and like I've, I've, I'm obsessed with that show. And the main character Tanjiro, I got or Tanjiro, just is pronounced correctly. I gotta say, I think he, I believe that he is the like the empathetic uh, masculine hero that uh, pop culture detective ascribed to Newt, and like he may be the second. Uh, clear identified character what do you guys think about that like do you say that he kind of fits within that new male lead type totally I think think it's interesting too because he it's it's a character whose um, journey requires violence but yet he's like hesitant to be violent but he's like he's not like he's going in there like oh I don't want to ever fight in every episode, otherwise it would be, it'd be really annoying. Um, he, but it's like he's very has very a very strong conviction about what he's going to do the second he's going to do it. But before he has to do it, he'll like it's like he's being empathetic to the situation. And and the most empathetic part about him is when he takes it, like you know a demon's life. He's actually like what was like the phrase he says. But he's very empathetic about it. Like, he 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 shows them sympathy or mercy. Yeah. Or no, no, he almost gives them absolution. To be honest. Yeah, especially with uh, the the. Uh, well, hold tactics. on. How far how are you? Far are you? <laughs> tactics. Where where are you at in, in the show? Oh me, um, I'm at the part where they're in. All three of the I don't I don't remember the characters' names, but all three of them are in the woods and they're uh, being attacked by the puppeteer demon. The spider puppeteer. The spider, yeah. Oh, Ooh. I am so glad I didn't say nothing. I was about to talk about that <laughs> coming up. <laughs> so and, and we're out. Um. <laughs> well, uh, okay. Well, uh, so people watching this. Uh, if you're like not done Demon Slayer, or if you're just at the part, where, like we're basically going to be talking up into the Spider Mountain, uh, creepy crawly aspect. So like everything before that is yeah. fair game. So spoiler warning. Uh, tactics. So based on what you've seen so far of Tanjiro, because uh, like I think Darcy and I are all caught up. Like, what do you think of him as like? <clears throat> like, what do you think of him as like a male lead? Um. I definitely agree that he he does have a high level of empathetic of empathy towards these demons and so at you know upon first glance you're kind of like well why why does he have so much empathy and I know I joked about this earlier today about um I just couldn't understand it but then you made a good point where you uh Umar you made a good point where you said that these people used to be humans they they used to be human beings and they they were then turned into demons and a part of them like for example the uh um the drummer the 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 guy with the drums in his chest you know he he still had elements of humanity there in terms of him his need for acceptance he wanted to be a part of um whatever the the main yeah 
And so that was kind of his vocation in a sense where he wanted to, like that was his whole mission in life. He wanted to be part of that, the 12, whatever kind of thing. And I think at one point when they were fighting, he had, uh, he, he had made that very evident or whatever to, to the lead. And so there's where that, that sympathetic, like that sympathy kind of stemmed from where he was kind of like, okay, like I understand now that this was not your choice. You, you like, this was not the path that you chose. Um, you didn't want to become a demon, but you know, the cards worked against you and you became, you were transformed and you know, you may not want your intention as a human may not have wanted to be like a killer, but that's just kind of how you are now. And so I do, you know, him as a character has, he has them, uh, empathy towards that guy or towards demons that he kills right so i understand it from from that regard my concern is that too much of that is going to work against him in battle in battle where he's going to be too empathetic not being able to differentiate or separate um the human side from the demon side because a lot of these guys they're just you know they're too far gone yeah and i think it's Sometimes it's uh, it's the com it's the same complex that Batman. Sometimes I feel he has in terms of the villains and how he empathize. Well, I don't know if I go as far as calling it empathy, but it's kind of like he gives it, he gives them kind of like a pass where it's just like yo, know, I like I can't kill you because there's a chance that you could. Well, for one, uh, if I kill you, I'm no better than you, and two. It, there's a chance that you might be able to turn good, your turn your life around and become good again. Yeah. And so I don't want to, I don't want to destroy any chances of that ever happening. Kind of right. thing. It's kind of like he's all. I feel like he's almost caught in his own delusion in yeah. a way. In a way. So yeah, I feel like though sometimes Batman um, is less on the empathetic and more on the militant discipline of it. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and the reason being is because sometimes like, you know, I think it's because he knows that he actually feels as dark as all the criminals and yeah. he says it and he'll do horrible things to people. And yet he just never kills them. Right. Like he'll break a lot of bones and mm -hmm. disfigure people into a way that they actually their life is fundamentally changed. Right. And he and he's justifying it off of the level of the crime. And you know, it's less empathetic and sometimes, and it's just like, I'm just, I want to go that far and I won't, but I want to circle back to, to Tanjiro for a second. There's something that I find interesting about it. When you were talking, I was thinking about why, and the show is like, you know, you're going to get caught up soon and, and there's still plenty of show left to be created, right. That we haven't seen yet. And they, one of the things that I, that they're hinting at that we haven't seen yet is like, the history of their family and why their family is so tight. Like at some point somebody asks the question, like what, what makes this family special or something like that? And they don't answer it. They just ask the question. So it's like, it's clearly like a foreshadowing for more information to come later. And something, so there's going to be something unique that they're going to say, probably maybe not, maybe it'll just be like, they're just a close family. But yeah. the, there's, I was thinking of this, this, this premise with, with Tanjiro. So imagine you put like three different people. I just have three scenarios in my head. Three different people in the same situation, right? A family member is turned right in front of you, especially after you lose everybody else in your family, right? Um, and if you haven't watched Demon Slayer, you know what the first episode's about. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, and so now there's three different ways I could see people writing this, right? The way that they wrote for him is that you know he's he's highly empathetic person, so how he reacts as a, as a particular way, but you can argue that, that, so like, um, he's not just empathetic. He's also, I find really decisive in it and smart. So what happens is, is that he's leading with empathy, but he's never dumb enough or slow enough to not react to a situation. And he protects himself and then figures out how to protect her right away. Like that's his, his priority is to protect her, but he knows he has to protect himself. And he's just, he's doing it like a reflex. Or protect humans. Yeah. You have another scenario that you could see where somebody is empathetic or um, sad, right? And it's, you know, it's, it's in, in the same ballpark. And they go, oh, my family member, my family member. 
and then they just die because the, the family member kills them because they don't react, right? And then you have the other one where like they just flee or they kill them, right? Like they basically, oh, my family's a demon. I I can't do anything with them, right? And I feel like um, the first two are super common and they're like tropey story stuff. Yeah. But I feel like the first, so the very last one I said where they kill the family member is the like normal, non-empathetic storyline. My family member died and I had to kill the last family member. And then the destiny slash tragedy is thrust upon me kind of of a deal. And um, I just, I just wanted to like call that out because I was like thinking about the fact of like how you could have written that story and how people tend to write that story. And you obviously wouldn't have the same story because his sister being a demon and following with him is like core to the storyline. Right. And to be determined what, what, how core it's going to be and how fundamental and everything. But um, it's just, it's it's just an important thing factor of his character that he led with empathy in that moment yeah like it's it's the uniqueness of the story the fact that he didn't like not only did he not kill his sister it never was an option for him it's not like yeah. he was like standing over her and was like shaking his hand and then he was like no i'm not gonna do it it was just natural and uh like something that uh, the video uh, the pop culture uh detective video said was that like just like Newt Scamander, he doesn't really fundamentally change throughout the course of the movie. With Tanjiro, without the course of the series, it's like he also does, like he suffered a massive trauma. His entire family got wiped out and his sister got turned into a demon. Like the last of his family member got turned into a demon. And that didn't change him. He's still him. It's just that, you know, yeah, it changed his career. Uh, he was like, I need to find a cure. The only way to find the cure is to like find other demons and find out about like the, what they have. Can't really do that without be, like being able to defend myself because the first thing they're going to do is try to kill me. But also, I want to make sure that this doesn't happen to other people. Kind of like what Batman did. Like he, a tragedy happened to him, and he went out and made sure and was as being fascist in his uh, uh, his. Uh, methods but like he still doesn't want anything to happen he like inherently doesn't want anything to happen to other people what happened to him and tanjiro is the same but the thing is he still acts like the good boy the good kid that he always was it's just that now he's a demon slayer so i have a a thought it's gonna i'm gonna shift the conversation because i'm just really kind of curious to go here We're we're talking a lot about like good empathy stuff so i'm gonna totally go I think well, I, everything's frozen and and it's coming back. Okay. Can you guys still hear me? Yes. Good? Now we can. That right. was such a big cliffhanger too. I know. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go <laughs> totally. I'm like, totally what? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go totally like left field. All right. So Fast and the Furious, clearly a movie that has masculine tox- to- toxicity in it, right? We're toxicity overload. But... You, we can't lie. We, as men, enjoy a lot of the stuff that's in there. And even there's lots of women who enjoy lots of the stuff that's in there. I'm not saying all of it. No, no, no. Or, or, just hold up one second. Fuck so, Tyrese Gibson. Yo, I, I love those movies, man. Yeah, I'm not going to so, lie. Like, I'm using this as, a, as an example because it's in my head. And like... Um, uh, say Ty- Tyrese Gibson. It's fine. Just stop talking about Tyrese. He's not, <laughs> he's not in every movie, and I didn't sp- specify a particular one. So, um, hashtag Buckham. <laughs> wow. Never going to get this point out. Sorry, so, sorry. you have all kinds of characters, all kinds of different things, right? You know, and, and Vin Diesel's like the, the archetype, yet he has empathy, but he's the archetype, right? And so, obviously, like e- e- even my woman loves. Fast and Fierce, loves Fast and Fierce, loves a lot of action films, right? And those characters represent a lot of the the, the problem. Thing is, yeah. though, like, do you want them to go away or you want them to evolve? Like, because there's, I feel like, and I'm not, I'm not trying to defend toxic masculinity, especially in like day-to-day life, but I feel like sometimes there's a place for it. Right. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. I think there, if it fits the narrative of the story, then I think it's necessary. I don't think it needs to be heightened in every single movie, but like a movie like Fast and the Furious, I, I'm sorry. I don't want to see 
like an empathetic ma masculine man. Like I just, it just doesn't fit within the storyline. Like I, I'm okay with that level of masculine toxicity because it fits the narrative of what they're building within that universe, right? But for other for other movies like the the uh, Commander, yeah, that one, right? Um, it would look weird as shit if we had a Vin Diesel type character who was the lead in that movie playing that role. Like it just wouldn't work for that particular narrative. So I think it. it I agree with Darcy in the sense that like it's okay sometimes and it depends on where it's being utilized. So, so it's just, oh, I, I'm sure I got, I got a point. So interesting thing that was done in that video, the, the pop detective is that Harry Potter represents more of masculine toxic toxicity. I can't get the word out masculinity, whatever toxic masculinity than Newt Scamander does. And yeah. You know, off the top of my head, I never really thought of it. Like, yes, he falls into to, into tropes. He doesn't come across as a toxic individual by any means because he seems more empathetic than Vin Diesel. <laughs> like, if you want to compare the two characters, but it, it you know, unconsciously, I would have uh, decided that after watching, I'm like, okay, I can see some things in that, and so. You know, I think it's like bring up the point of like, so we don't get a Vin Diesel, obviously, in Fantastic Beasts, but we do get the Harry Potters in that film, right? And they're closer to the archetype. They just look a little different. And I guess it's like, wh where do we see the change and how do we want to see the change? How do we get the balance that we want? Because obviously it's not one, all in one way or the other because, you know, then it's just creating another problem. But how do we how do we want to see some of the balance shifting? Uh, yeah, that, I would want more. Like we, we've done toxic or uh, stereotypical masculine to the brim. Like we are saturated with it. Um I would say that yeah, we like there have been subtler versions of that. Like Harry Potter, he's from Gryffindor, so he's more prideful and tends to want to be more competitive. And at the same time, he's got destiny thrust upon him, so he's got to like fight that Voldemort. But he, yeah, he's a softer version of, of like the toxic masculinity. Also, he's a kid, like he's a teenager, so he's going through adolescence at the same time, and he's growing in power. Like he, like he's still learn. He's literally being at school, being taught how to use magic. But in terms of like the overall spectrum, I I find that I personally am very pleased when I come across. Uh, non-stereotypical male leads like uh tanjiro is the, the most uh, clear option but um let me put it this way uh, let me ask you both how do you feel about this new like would you want to see more like kind of like a, a similar question to what you said darcy like but would you want to see more of this empathetic more more kinder uh even less masculine uh, type character to rise up to the level that there is a balance or are you guys fine with like a once in a life like once in a, like once a year sort of character who does it well that, that's a good question because it's like do, do we appreciate these kind of empathetic characters more so because they're such a rarity and that we have ha seen such an influx of these toxic masculine characters um, to the point where it's like we're like we've had enough and now we want to see something different. But on the same the other side of the spectrum, let's say that you know we start seeing more of these empathetic characters being oversaturated in media, less of the toxic characters, like will the roles or the thought process differ and we'll start to kind of crave more of those older tropes that we were used to? Yeah, because like yeah, let's even look at action heroes from you guys brought up Fast and Furious. Like um Vin Diesel's character and also The Rock's character versus like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone back from like the 80s. Right. Uh, is there much of a difference in there? Are there just different types of uh, subtle differences? I think I think Vin Diesel's character is like I'm going to say arguably 20% different, right, or less, and and it's it's impossible to put a 
percentage metric to it. Because the thing I feel that is potentially better about Vin Diesel's character specifically was the family aspect, right? Mm-hmm. They, they wrote into his character as time progressed. Um, that was the only thing. The rest of it is like, I just, I, I always appreciated it because it layered him, right? Like the, the, the thing I worry about and, and going to tack his point about the, we appreciate them because they're rare. And I completely agree with that. I think we 100% do right now. I think that's one reason why we're all like, yeah, Tundra's amazing. But it, my, my worry is that we go from extreme to extreme. Now, we're, let's be honest mm-hmm. here. We're not going to get rid of toxic masculinity characters like out of the gate because there's too many toxic men who want them, right? Like yeah. who are making, who are who are producing the films, right? Who put the money behind them. Um, the thing that I want to see is, and I've always wanted to see, is balance and nuance. Now, sometimes you want a movie, you want a Fast and the Furious. I don't want overly complex characters. Two layers is good, right? Yeah. You know, give, me, give me 80% of the time, he's just driving the car and, and blowing shit up. And then 20% of the time, it's like, for family, right? Like, I'm good with that for that movie. And then I get annoyed when you have other movies that don't have nuance to them. Like, let's take a, a romantic comedy, right? You take a romantic comedy, you got like the old school, like Ryan Reynolds romantic comedy, right? Yeah. And and there's too much like toxic male sh- stuff that happens there that would, the, the romantic comedy could be way more interesting if they actually represented more real stuff. Like if we take the show, I forget the name right now, but Aziz Azari's show. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, I, uh, yeah, I'll just look yeah. it up. And I feel I haven't watched it yet. I'm dying to watch. I just haven't. I can't find a service to get it on. But the show oh, it's in- great, man. It's a good show. Yeah, the, the show Insecure too. Um, I, and I, I you, you gotta get the Aziz Sorry, name of the show. We gotta call it out because it's it is one of the best shows of all time. Um, but that's a master of none. Master of none. So the thing that was so amazing about the shows is how layered and authentic the characters felt in the way they communicated. Like the number one thing, and it has to do with their real life relationships, but their dialogue and their decision making felt way more real. Like when you have problems in relationships, they usually always paint it like people come up with these masterful sentences. People don't come up with masterful sentences. People come up with dumbass sentences when they're arguing with their with their partner. Like they just they they rarely get a good point across. And usually when they do, it's like the fourth time they've had the argument, right? So they had really like, yeah, I'm like that's kind of close to things that I've actually said that felt nuanced. And even if the character is toxic, the character has vulnerability because people have vulnerability. If they're hiding it, like vulnerability it felt in like that kind of show closer to how people hide it in real life. And I think we have to represent that men do have toxic masculinity and show the nuances that it's like, there's five, six different flavors built into this person, not one flavor only like all day, all time. I'm, you know, like the rock and I'm doing this thing, which is good in some films, right? It's going back to like the popcorn film, compared to you know the other film that has a high impact on you i, I just yeah. i want to see a, a lot more in the middle and i want the toxic masculinity to be an edge case like the hardcore toxic masculinity to be an edge case and i want tanjiro's character to, to remain an edge case because it's an extreme and i want more stuff in the middle where it's a little tanjiro and, uh, and, and tanjiro and a little bit of vin diesel all wrapped up into one and I can't really put my finger on it anymore because it's more authentic that way. How about you T? Yeah, I agree. I have nothing to add to that. Uh, for me, I would say that, um, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm mostly in agreement with you on that one, Darcy. Cause like, uh, I will say that what I would like to see is <sighs> not to be fair, Newt Scamander and fantastic Be- uh, beast itself. Like, uh, they didn't really gel with audiences. A lot of people were kind of bored with him. They're like, oh, well, when, like he's kind of like a unassuming dude who doesn't really come alive. Like he's just like kind of quiet, which is fair. He's not the norm. He's not the norm. And even like, just like you're saying, Darcy, like in society, in real life, he's also not the norm. Yeah, and they were waiting for him to evolve into the next step, right? Like the Harry Potters, which, let's be honest, Harry Potter did put forth a unfortunate set of requirements for that movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> Umar, 
Stay with us. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. But like, what I like about the fact that with uh, Fantastic Beast was that like he didn't change. Just like in Demon Slayer, he isn't changing. They are who they are, and they are sweet, uh, kind, uh, deeply uh, sensitive, and uh, also outsiders who can observe the toxicity of everyday sort of life. But I also agree that like have like having the witty and charismatic and sh- afraid to show vulnerability, uh, like the quips, the quip guys, like uh, Ryan Reynolds, he's in Sorry. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think, Robert Downey Jr. Even to a certain extent. Uh, uh, yeah. He yeah. definitely has a toxic masculinity. Tony Stark is toxic sometimes. <laughs> exactly. So like his having, history. having characters, more characters that kind of have more of a, well, less of a journey to go through and more are already the sweet, kind, sensitive souls and that being okay, I think like personally, I would want more of that. So that kind of leads me to my my, my last question. How do I put this? So can you guys identify at least like one or two other male characters that, or other male leads, sorry, other male leads that kind of fit within this empathetic, sensitive soul type uh, at all? Like, do you guys have anyone in mind? Can I say a a gate? No, because they don't really exist, but I'm going to put forward forward half-ass answers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just like because i don't want to be called like i say it and they're like yeah no that, that he, he's toxic as hell i'm like i know they all are <laughs> I, I will agree that like a certain element of us are that we're still going to find it very difficult to make this work but let, let's i challenge you uh, you both and myself hmm. i don't even feel strong in what i'm about to say um because i see typical archetypes in it but i do appreciate aspects of the empathy of the characters but it it's kind of like Tanjiro, but it's kind of not like Tanjiro. Um, the brothers from Full Metal Alchemist. Okay. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? It's like it's weak, but more it's more Alphonse. Kind of, yeah, it's 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 the 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 one the, that's the the one in the, the, the CR, right? yeah. yeah, Alphonse definitely more because the other one definitely is more action oriented and jump first and all of that stuff. And the other one, um, he's more like Tanjiro. He does enjoy himself out there at times, but yeah. he's definitely the the holding back one. Um, and he's a sweet, he's a sweet one. He's the kind one, and also he's a smart one who can like also hold his own in a fight. And 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 I and I also want to like kind of emphasize like I don't think that Tanjiro or um, Newt necessarily are like I feel like they, they can easily become the only example because it's the only example we know, right? Yeah. And, and and I feel like it's just about trying to have more empathy in the characters. I think there's there's good empathy between the brothers because of like what happened with their family. And I think that, you know, sometimes we've seen it in, in, in the, uh, is he the older brother or they're the same age? I think he's the older brother, right? Uh, no, um, Ed is the older one. Yeah, no, no, that's what I meant to say. I was sorry. I didn't say it aloud, but I was thinking the, the one that's not in the, the steel is, uh, is, is older. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's my, that's my submission. Okay. <laughs> Um, I was gonna say Captain America and Ang. Oh, Ang. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Ang does have destiny thrust upon him, though. Yeah, definitely. But, and he, ooh, oh, actually, he he's, he is very empathetic. He's almost like I don't want to do it, and then I got I have to do it. It's it's a little if. He also like, he does have to grow his powers, and also he finds like his place in the world something that he's uh, struggling with. But like in terms of actual personality, I think T, you're 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 on the right track on that one. Because even like spoiler warning for people who haven't seen Avatar: The Last Airbender, in the end, he's everyone is telling him to kill the Fire Lord. He finds another way, and mm-hmm. he has always shown like he uses defense, except for that one time in the desert when he got went all crazy. But like. Mm-hmm his violence is only ever for defense and he never takes a life mm-hmm. and he, but he is a 12 year old kid, but he never loses that. He just kind of becomes more mature 
but like a mature version of himself that ooh ooh that actually might fit yeah i think it's i think it's i think it's a good nuanced example because again i think umar you're, you're maybe here trying to completely put it in that box right and, yeah. right because it's like the reaction to too much is to do the opposite mm. and it's not it's not it's not about making it 100 percent over the line it's about getting more of it over the line sometimes even a majority of it over the line uh so to speak i like the captain america one because the specifically chris evans variation of it yeah um and i knew that's, that's what we're going for here is like he is actually the same character the entire time even to the very end he very very i would say he only kind of changes by the end in the perspective when he's like well that's captain america's ass right like he's yeah. like he's kind of like changed a little bit about himself but i think i like and think it's amazing with the characters when he's so small yes he is very action-oriented but there's something about his fight that is not like every other man his fight was and I get it's nuanced, and it, it, this character might be more 50 50, mm-hmm. but it's, it's very much like he, he feels his duty to like fight alongside his fellow man is different than the guy who's like, you know, wants to go and, and kill the Nazis, and you know, and rah, 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 or like the police officer's like, I can't wait to go out and do car chases and, you know, catch the bad guys. He never comes across like that. It's more like he's like the police officer who wants to protect people and would put his body in front of a bullet. He's not the guy who's having a good time chasing the criminal. Why did you choose him tactics? Same thing. I, I got as I got a real sense of his authenticity throughout the throughout all of the films. Like he stayed consistent. The only time that I felt like he broke out of that character or that trope was the one that uh, Darcy highlighted about America's ass, but also the, the the confrontation that he had in Avengers, the first Avengers movie with uh, him and Tony, where they were going back and forth, and he was like, um, "Yeah, take off the suit." And let's see how how much of a man you are. Something something oh, to that put, effect. Put, put on the suit. Let's oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, up. yeah. Put on the suit or whatever, and we'll see see how long you last, kind of thing. And that's kind of where that that toxic masculinity kind of bled, bled through a little bit. Um, but that aside, I felt like he was very much consistent with that trope. And yeah, I I, I mean, once we once you brought this topic, that like Captain America was like like my my first pick initially because I was yeah. like yeah this. I would I would say like I mostly agree with you guys because he is the more like what we were discussing in an earlier uh, show he uh, he's like the guy who's like in that movie theater about himself and he's just kind of like you know yeah uh-huh. very like humble but I will say like I did notice a, a change in him over the over the films he went from the guy who followed orders no matter what like he was the he was a soldier he he followed older old uh, orders that's what he was doing and like throughout the films he went from following orders to questioning orders to giving the orders to actually rebelling against authority but how, does that make him less empathetic for that like no uh, he- you you would say that like it, de- it depends really cuz he he was in a very simple time so following orders made sense going into like the modern world that he had to it's a lot a great deal more complex and like what is right is a lot more difficult and is frankly what is right is actually sometimes illegal mm-hmm. yeah because he's doing it with the thought of others right yeah. like in um winter soldier when they're talking about putting up like the big airships and he's like this is not good for the people like you're not thinking about like they're thinking about the mission and he's they're not thinking about the consequence of the mission yeah 100 percent thing with the consequence of the mission but the thing that's interesting about both of the characters that you chose is that they both represent like if you want to say 50 50 to make it easy they are very highly empathetic and yet they have very much a destiny thrust upon them mm-hmm. um even though i want to say though captain america kind of chose it a little bit more but he's yeah, volunteered. He, he volunteered into the destiny that we saw but i think he was born with the feeling that, of the destiny before he got it like if if it wasn't captain america he would have ended up in a, as some other super soldier in some other way because he was going to be there no matter what it was like born into his character 
So, okay, I'll, I'll give you guys my submissions. Uh, I, I, I came up with two. They were, like, wrestling for this one, though. So, like, uh, I would say Charles Xavier, James McAvoy from X-Men First Class, mm. specifically, because he was a lead in that one. Uh, the other ones, he was, like, a co-lead, or he was, like, you know, supporting character, that sort of thing. So I would say X-Men First Class for him being a lead. And then Frodo from Lord of the Rings. Have you guys watched Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Frodo is the the buddy, right? No, no. Frodo is like the, the guy with the ring. Oh, the main character. Yes, right. Actually, you seen Lord of the Rings? I saw the first one, but I I don't remember. We enough. need to get you more into uh, fantasy. Nah, 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 you don't. <laughs> no space, no fantasy. Okay. Um. So, sorry. What was the first one before Frodo? Uh, Charles Xavier. Xavier. Charles Xavier. So the thing I, that bothers me, and I, and I and I get like like I like it struggles to to get it. The thing that bothers me with that character, he very much as as, as the character progresses, especially with the, the all the Charles Xavier's, but especially McAvoy and like the cartoons and stuff like that, he very much holds things close to the chest and keeps it from everybody else. And that's part of that toxic masculinity. Like he doesn't. Even though he brings a team together, he doesn't always. Like he does things that are like that Magneto is very right about. That he's like he kind of keeps the truth sometimes for people and and crosses lines. And it, it, it represents the toxic masculine like archetype at times. And like that's a keeper. Yeah, and the thing about his character is actually the thing that's always bothered me about his character. And it's always written to be like an upsetting thing. But I think it is sometimes they're like, oh well, it's kind of necessary. But it always bothered me because I always kind of felt, and I just—I guess I'm realizing it now. As a kid, I always felt like that character was supposed to be so empathetic that when he did that, it felt like a betrayal, right? Yeah, like, like it, look at the thing with like him and Jean Grey, like how he suppressed her power or her memory yeah. or whatever for that. Like it just—even I was kind of like, that's kind of not the way you do it, man. That's a dick move. Well, like which which time, like X Men Three or X Men Dark Phoenix? All of the, like all of them. I feel like he's had that trope in all iterations of the character. So I would say that uh, what I liked about McAvoy's version in X Men Dark Phoenix was the fact that it was looked at as like a father figure who was trying to protect his daughter, and it like it was like doing something out of love, doing the wrong thing, definitely definitely the wrong thing, but it was like doing it for like the right reason almost it's like you know like you loved her you wanted to protect her and so like you thought this was the best course of action which parents do like they they make mistakes out of love but no i i I do see what you're both saying the reason and that's why i was i focused on charles xavier from first class because in first class that wasn't quite the thing yet he was he was happy to meet other mutants. He saw um, Mystique. He's like, "Yo, bring I bring you into my home." He meets up with Charles, uh, with uh, Eric and uh, Magneto. He's like, "Let me save you. Let me like, uh, let, let, let me like uh, give you a purpose and like make you stronger, and also like show you that you're not all this anger." And at the end, he lets them both go together, knowing that like, we don't want the same things. I want. I want. And like he's even somewhat even forgiving of the fact that his best friend just paralyzed him, and he's just like, "You guys should go together because like I don't want that." As much as that happens, every one of his biggest problems comes from a a, a toxic archetype, right? Like when uh, I recently watched the he becomes arrogant. That's absolutely yeah. He becomes, he becomes arrogant, and all of his all of his. F- issues with mystique always kind of revolve around something of some arrogant holding something to the chest kind of a problem and him feeling like it's all on him and it's his destiny and i think he takes it out of other people's hands and sometimes it's 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 a good leader who has empathy knows when to um push their people so that they can achieve things and knows when to step in front and take the hit for your people and at times he takes the option out of his people's hands to to step forward and hides it from them and then does it himself and it's always been the thing about his character that i think even in the mcavoy like, i love mcavoy's acting but every time i see it i'm like it's just so pathetic to me it's like it's it's Interesting. i don't like it because he's supposed to represent to me a lot of the opposite and you of like magneto and if you when you saw if you saw the the, the most recent 
uh, X-Men movie, uh, oh, Dark Phoenix, whatever, which I'm not saying it's a great film. I mean, it has good moments, but it's not a great film. But yeah. um, when you see the the Magneto, like the village uh, of people he has, Magneto at times does a better job of community than Professor, uh, 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 yeah, Professor X because he um, sometimes, like Charles, has it more in a facade and Magneto is more open about it which is actually almost more empathetic, even though he is more of masculine, like dominant, it's almost more honest. Like he's like, this actually is how I am. And whereas Charles sometimes is kind of painting a picture of what it should be, but he's not actually living up to it in his, in his actual actions sometimes, which bothers me about his character. Hmm. So I, I didn't know that was a trigger that just get the No, I, 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 I kind of agree with that too, because I think, um, also about like he he was I always remember him like preaching about acceptance and like being true to who you are and everything and like like Darcy was saying he didn't really follow that to a T fully and on top of that if I if I'm remembering correctly because I haven't seen the movies in in quite some time but I I remember in first class he made this comment uh, to Mystique when she was in her human form that made her feel like a certain way about her, like, oh, sorry, not, not when she was in her human form, when she was in her actual mutant form, he yeah. made a comment about her, like, he was like, oh yeah, like you're, you're in your mutant form. Like what's, what's up with that? And he made it feel like, he made her feel like she wasn't going to be accepted by, by the public if she showed her true colors. So she always had to put on that human face. Whereas in, in, a, a, in another scene, Magneto was like, show me who you really are. And she was like, she put on her human form at first, and he was yeah. like, "No, that's not who you really are." And it was more Straight so like, real raven. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it was kind of like, like it, it kind of, it, it kind of went against what he was trying to preach in terms of like, like I get that he was trying to be like the protective father figure and everything like that. Like I get it to that extent, but it, I, it's hard to really rally behind a leader like that who preaches one thing but then go like does the complete opposite whereas like what darcy was saying magneto was like up front he like he's he's each he laid out all his cards on the table and he, he said it like it was and there was nothing that he was holding back he was just like this is this is who the fuck i am i'm an extremist if you ride with me let's do this shit. if not then go be with professor x but that, that's exactly the point like magneto is inherently adversarial and he doesn't want balance he wants superiority he wants to take over uh with xavier he's the way i see it is like he he has like his powers are innately empathetic he knows how people feel so therefore he is empathetic he also knows what they think and he can feel their pain so literally he, he he's literally empathetic but like also he takes all that and he's like yes he can be secretive absolutely he can be even manipulative let's go as far to call him manipulative but and he's not straight laced like magneto magneto like it's both a blessing and a curse this guy like you know where you stand with this guy he comes at you you know why he's uh, you know telling you to fight with him you know why like he's in your face just like you said tactics but with, what i found about xavier with mcavoy's version in first class is that he he is secretive because he believes the literally the first line of defense is anonymity is being secretive because he believes the moment you start showing the public who you are they will kill you it's true Something that I, I'm appreciating in this moment is the nuance of the writing between these two characters, specifically Fassbender and um, McAvoy uh, and their acting chops and be able to hold it down because they are supposed to be yin and yanged and they are very yin and yanged in the sense that like if we're talking about ma toxic masculinity, like you take the empathy that Xavier has, and then it, it turns into almost a god complex at some point, and, okay. and and then it turns to toxic masculinity. And you take um, uh, Fazbender, who has like you know the Batman scenario kind of uh, a starting point, and then he's the archetype who who balances, but still stays like half an archetype. And, uh, over, and they, over both, they both develop a god complex, to be honest. 
and and oh, I mean, how could they not uh, with their powers too? But there was um, a uh, something that was um, uh, really dope that that kind of came out of this is that um, oh sorry, no, not dope. Sorry, I I lost my train of thought. I'm back though. So the thing that I was trying to say was. If you were to rewrite Xavier to be more like Tanjiro, where he's highly empathetic, doesn't doesn't falter to the god complex, and is really smart, then you have to make Magneto even more toxic. That's, that's true. Right? Because he needs the adversary to go against. And even though I don't love everything about Charles, I actually appreciate them kind of being stuck in the nuance that they are um, both toxic and have some level of empathy maybe they could have more but it's just something that i kind of realized that you would have to make them one in extreme extreme just to 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 write the other one to be completely good okay well then i'd say we like wrap it up there and kind of like ask the audience like what would can you guys think of other empathetic uh sensitive kind like purely uh, male leads, and do you guys want to see more of that, or are you guys happy with our current trend of uh, heroes? But uh, yeah, cool, 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 cool. How are you doing there, Umar? You're fading fast. I'm fading fast. <laughs> Those drugs are not holding up. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. This has been another edition of the Geeky Bros Podcast. I'm your boy Tactics. Here's your boy Darcy. And I'm the very sick Big Geek Umar. Live long and prosper, y'all. And we are out.